0: Thanks for giving me some time. I'm Dan McNeil, and you're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast, courtesy of the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. And I'm glad you're with me. I'm glad you have been telling your friends. Some of you have been doing that about the podcast because subscriptions have gone up. We're getting more traffic on YouTube. Had a lot of reaction, a lot of of clicks on the Dan Hampton, Gary Fensick tribute to Steve McMichael. Thank you for sharing the word. Those of you who are in Michigan and appreciated the interviews I did with Lomas Brown and Eric Kramer from their 91 team, no longer the last Lions team to win a playoff game, thank you for uh, for your viewership and for spreading the word. I guess we got out on a few Lions message boards. People posted the link and lots of people watched those interviews. Thank you so very much. Still got a long way to go. If you haven't subscribed, please do so. It doesn't cost you anything, it's just a couple of clicks. I would appreciate it. And then tell people about it that I'm still talking sports and I'm doing it in a way that is a little bit unconventional. I'm not going to read text messages or refer to things that happen on social media. All the time. There's enough of that out there and there's enough of a thirst for that conversation. I want to stretch my legs a little bit and talk about the bigness of this Bears offseason and you're aware of the huge decision that sits in front of them. There's no reason to continue to gnash teeth over this or that, or whether you want change or don't want change, it's going to be soon when we get those answers. ProFootballTalk.com and NBC's Mike Florio wrote Monday, the Bears by this time next week will know what they're going to do about the quarterback position. That doesn't mean they're going to share it with us, but they should have some resolution after the Indianapolis Underwear Olympics and uh, they will know what they're going to do. Whether we get news of it, it, it might not be until the night of the draft. Last year, Ryan Poles made the deal with Carolina, flipping the 1 to the 9, uh, which he ultimately flipped with the Eagles for the 10, so the Eagles could jump up and draft a, draft the beleaguered uh, defensive tackle, Jalen Carter, from Georgia. The Bears moved down to 10 and grabbed Darnell Wright, but – That was six weeks before the draft. I don't think it did him any favors, and I'm not saying they didn't get a lot for for that pick. It's going to wind up being a good trade in Bears history, and I got some great DJ Moore stats for you in a second here as the offseason gives us a chance to examine the history of the franchise as well as the immediate future. I think he should hang on a little bit longer and check people's pulse. You're always going to find somebody who may panic when you get closer to the deadline. Hang on to it. There's no necessity to dump that number one. Um, And I'm on the record. I think you draft a quarterback and I don't care if it's Williams or may you take one of them. I've said that over and over again. No reason to keep repeating myself. You know where I am on that. There is There's news in Packers camp. Not really news, but Packers fans are starting to beat the drums for their running back, Aaron Jones. And after the last five games of the season, he certainly merits being bumped in salary. If time allows, I want to get to that. But I want to go over the history of this Bears quarterback position and how limp it is compared to 31 other teams in the national football league. And this is only a one year standard. I admit that in just one year, you know, that's not necessarily the way you gauge a quarterback's importance to his team or how well he played in that given season, because there are things Justin Fields did in 2022 that don't count for his passing stats that helped the Bears stay in games and made them very exciting. They only won a few games that year, you might recall. Matt Eberflus getting thumped in the moon repeatedly in his first season on the Bears' sideline. But he was much more valuable than the 2,500 or so passing yards he accrued. That said, the Bears, of all the teams in the NFL, for their single-season season season passing yardage record, have the lowest total. In 1995, Eric Kramer passed for 3,838 yards. Of the 32 teams in the league, that is the lowest for a single-season standard. The 49ers have a new single-season record holder. His name is Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, passing for 4,200-plus yards this past year. Uh, And he's got some elite company. There have been some good quarterbacks, even in the Montana era where teams didn't sling it like they have in the last 15 years, maybe right around the turn of the millennium. You see a lot of these teams, individual single season records were set after 2000, not all of them. And I'll share the oldest one with you in a second, but it is sobering to note Kramer's 38-38 has been bested by so many Green Bay Packers quarterbacks. And it's not just you expect to have, okay, you got Favre and you've got Rodgers. They both did it 11 times as a Packer. But there were other guys who did it. And Jordan Love was better than 38-38 this past year in his first year as a starter. And I learned over the weekend, Lynn Dickey. Um, appears on the Packers list of quarterbacks who've thrown for more than 38-38. <laughs> so is Don Mikowski, the magic man. But there are some staggering names. Names you just, oh my God. The ba- Jay Cutler never beat that. Justin Fields, Mitch Trubisky, you pick a guy. They never got to that guy's level of excellence when he led his team in passing yards, and I'm talking specifically about a guy you might struggle to remember him, Josh Freeman, in Tampa in 2012, passed for more than 4,000 yards. That is sobering. Case Keenum, when in Denver, passed for more than... (laughs) I'm not making this up. Blake Bortles did it a few times with the Jaguars. As much of a punchline as some of these guys are, there are quarterbacks in the league who several times have bested what Eric Kramer did for the Bears' single-season standard. Now, this I bring this up because this is the time when, when you just have to recognize as a franchise enough this 104 years of a leaky roof has got to stop. And I don't care whether it's Williams or May, pick one of them, but do that this year. Don't return with Justin Fields under center. You can't do that when you've got guys like Kirk Cousins, who six or seven times in his career has passed for more than 4,000 yards. And in your division, you've got the Packers' dominance, more guys in franchise history than any other team better than Kramer's record with the bears 25 times Packers quarterbacks have passed for more than that. Tom Brady has done it by himself, obviously by himself 15 times in his career. That's the most, the most seasons above 38 38. He did it 12 times with new England thrice with the Buccaneers. I love thrice. I should keep that alive. Um, Peyton Manning did it 11 times with the Colts and three times with the Broncos. Favre did it 11 times in Green Bay. He also did it in Minnesota. Rodgers did it 11 times in Green Bay. Hasn't done it yet with the Jets. But it is so sobering to look at the history of these other teams and realize how bad the Bears have been and for this long. We're coming up on 30 seasons since Eric Kramer was threading the needle to Curtis Conway and Jeff Graham. My God, 30 years in this passing era, several years now of 17 games, and you can't beat the mark that was set in 95. And you consider rolling this guy out again. Shame on you. Matt Schaub, three times in his career with the Houston Texans, passed for more than 38 38. Neil Lomax of the Cardinals. Neil freaking Lomax. <laughs> Sam Bradford. I could keep going. This is just staggeringly horrible to go over this list. And why do I do it? Because the Bears are looking at a chance to shake their franchise and rewrite the record books. It is long past time Team McCaskey got with the program and recognized it doesn't matter what you do with your windows and your deck and your carpeting when your roof is fucking leaking. Fix the leaking roof, please. Thank you. Here's some good news. DJ Moore has a lot of miles left on that odometer. His first year with the Bears, he had 1,364 receiving yards. That's the fourth best for one season in franchise history. The single-season mark is held by Brandon Marshall, and people couldn't wait to run him out of town two years later. But Marshall caught 1,500 yards worth of biscuits uh, in his big year of 2012, and then he was close to that. Um, the next year when Alshon Jeffrey had his big year. Marty Booker is listed in his top five. But it will not be too long from now when we can strike some of these leather helmet eras from the record books from the Bears and watch D.J. Moore, number two, ascend. Dig this. Right now, after just one season, he's 56th all-time on the Bears' receiving list. Give him the same numbers Next year, 1,364 yards, most doable, right? And he's going to more than cut that in half. He'll jump into 24th place on the Bears' all-time list. He'll leapfrog uh, Marcus Robinson, cuckoo, cachoo. If he does it a third straight year, if he does it this coming year, 24 and again in 25, 1,364 yards, he will move into the number eight position right behind Matt Forte and right ahead of Marty Booker. The ultimate goal being the season of 2026. If DJ Moore can average 1,364 yards in each of the next three seasons. In the 26th season, he will become the Bears' all-time leading receiver, and we can stop saying the name Johnny Morris, good old number 47, who played for the Bears between 58 and 67. His 5,057 yards in his career, the most in Bears history. Number two, Harlan Hill. He was even earlier than Morris. He came into the league in 1954. Third was Sean Jeffrey, the guy from the modern era, the only guy in this millennium on the Bears' top five list. Walter Payton, 75 through 87, is fourth, followed by Mike Ditka. Go, DJ Moore. Stay healthy. Man, that record has got to come down. As the Bears look for a franchise quarterback this April and hopefully hopefully, that's the move they recognize next week when Florio says they'll be making this big decision. They can get that situation rectified, and they also can work on eliminating some of these, Jesus, 14-game schedule, guys. Uh, and one note, I failed to mention the oldest record in the NFL for single-season passing yards is Joe Namath in 1967, he threw for 4,007 yards. I think the Jets went 5-8-1 that year. That's the AFL Jets. He's the only Jets quarterback in franchise history to throw for more than 4,000 yards. So Jets fans, of the teams that have been to the Super Bowl, only four have not. Um, you know who they are. They're the Lions, the Jaguars, the Browns, and the Texans. Of the teams that have been there, the Jets, have, Jets fans have suffered the tortures of the damned even more than Bears fans. Namath was a long time ago. So was Ken O'Brien, who has a couple of years better than Eric Kramer's 38-38. Last up is for the Packers. I have said the Bears organization has not treated its players very humanely. They have kicked guys to the curb and treated them like they're part of the gear for decades. It goes back to George Halas, while other franchises have a much more genteel approach and a much more altruistic and human touch than the bears do. Now's a chance for the Packers to prove me right Last year, Aaron Jones agreed to take a pay cut. Now, he did get a signing bonus that was sizable, but he agreed to take a pay cut going from $16 million to $11 million, and he earned that again this past season. He's scheduled to make $12 million this year. Um, again, that's that's a $4 million cut from where he was a year ago, it would be great if the Green Bay Packers were to reward him somehow, some way. I don't know if a long-term deal makes sense. He does have some miles on him. He has been in the trainer's room considerable amounts of times. But, man, when you watched him at the end of this past season, week 18 against the Bears, I watched that game the other day with no live football. His first carry just busting off between guard and tackle for 16, 17 yards. He was awesome against the Cowboys in the playoff game. He was good against the Niners. He wrapped up the year with five consecutive 100-yard rushing games. Aaron Jones is worth a nice bump in pay. Prove me right, Green Bay Packers. Give this guy some dough. Let him know how much you appreciate a guy who plays a bitch of a position, the most oppressed position in all of professional sports. Adam Delavitt is the guy who runs the show for Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Sam Michael is my executive producer. Randy Merkin takes care of our guest load on social media. We've got Alex Pastor and Troy Mocker, the brand-new father. His second baby girl is in the world, and he takes care of research and development. Back Thursday with more NFL stuff and maybe some Blackhawks thoughts now that 98 is back in uniform. Have a great day. I'm Dan McNeil. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mac podcast on the Bet Rivers network.